It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick, he's dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound, Recognize the score! Here comes Shovel Day, he'll be thrown out of the game! Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it! Head to head, and Joseph with three great rights! New Terjana Hall looking for 500, he shoots, he scores! Brad Hall, number 500! Tarasenko, in the clear, he scores! And now, here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans. Welcome to the Thursday edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Uh, coming to you, as always, from the lineupmedia.fm studios, home of the newest streaming platform, Yo! Radio. Download it for free on your mobile device today. And, of course, special thanks to our good friend Randy Green at InnovativeCompanies.com. Residential, commercial, industrial, he's got you covered. You know who else got you covered? My man, Jamie Rivers. What's up, babe? Hey, welcome back from the doghouse. Healthy dog scratch house, the yeah. other day. Now, outworking is more like, like it for you. you. Uh, outworking for you is more like it. You were you got a little extra work in. Sometimes you need that wake-up call, Jim. Hey. So I'm glad that you, uh, you handled it the right way. You didn't bring the team down. You're back in the studio. We'll see how it goes. There's no guarantees. Um, you know, sometimes it, when you go see Fast Eddie, it gets fast and you become late. You become slow, and that's how it works. Very much so. so. You know, happy today, friend. happy today. You to are in a great mood today. Have a guest in here that I've been wanting to get on for a while, but I was worried that Uh-oh. she wouldn't like you, Jim. Oh, you know, and I was worried true. about that restraining order. I didn't know if it was still in effect yeah, well. or not. Um, but please, everybody, welcome. The lovely Hannah Yates to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you finally brought me on here, Jamie. I know. I've been thinking about it, and you know what? Because uh, we we cuss and we stay stupid shit on here, and we go all you know we fly off the rails. And I was like, God, you know, Hannah's just too good for that. She won't <laughs> lower herself for us. And then I then I remembered that you host a show with Cam Chancey. I do. I do. There's not much filter there often, so I can get pretty used to things quickly. I, I was like, what does that say about us, that you were worried about her coming I here, know. but yet she works with Cam? I was confused as all get out, but well, that's fine. Cam Jansen right now, who holds the F-bomb record yes. on his Spit and Chicklets uh, interview. So, you know, I don't feel so bad now because, you know, obviously Cam set the standard, but... Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, though. You work with the Cam at the Cam with Jensen the Cam, show. With the Cam. With, with the, the Cam. Cam. With the Cam. Well, you could say with the Cam Jensen, at the Cam you Jensen, could. for the Cam, whatever. You work with Cam on his show. Uh, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing, well, Cam's show is newer. It's probably been around for a couple of months now. Um, but I've been working with him on air on different shows within 590 The Fan for two years now, um, almost. So it's been quite a ride. Um and so I've been doing that. I've been digital reporting there at 590 as well. So I've been around there for a couple of years and doing a couple other things as well. I got a question for you. Does, is it true that the show, while being new, I mean, it's it's been around now for a few months. Right. Does, is Jamie the most recurring guest on the show? 
It seems uh, like I'm he's on. I think, honestly, probably, yeah, I would say. You've been so. on four or five. Well, times. Cam wants ratings. No, right? I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was Cam gone. wants the action there between you, Terry Yake, <laughs> Andy Strickland. I don't oh, know. There's oh, quite strict the nasty. there. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I enjoy going on for many reasons. Cam and I have a lot of fun together all the time. People, I love when people think we don't like each other. <laughs> You know, they say, oh, my God, why do you, Cam, not like each other? I'm like, yeah, you guys obviously don't get it. Like, we love each other, and the banter is how we show that. Um, but, Hannah, you've done work as well for the Blues. I've worked with you myself doing in-game uh, intermission reports. Right. Live on the brand-new scoreboard down at Enterprise Center. Yeah, big so, addition there. Yeah. So she, uh, Hannah is uh, well-prepared, probably more prepared than Cromer is today yeah. to talk about <laughs> hockey. Uh, but let's talk about this for a second. Since we're on the subject, of tell me not us, being prepared. Take no, well, no. Take us through working with Cam Jansen. Oh boy! Take oh, boy. us inside, behind the curtain. <laughs> Is there a way to prepare for it? Well, better question. <laughs> did you know Cam before you started the original show way back? I didn't. And what was that show called? It was with TJ Mo. Right. So we started on the line change, and yeah. then it switched to the hard line. The hard line. And now that broke into two separate shows so that Cam could have more of a focus on primarily hockey. And so now it's the Cam Jansen show. And so you're coming in, and you have Cam Jansen that becomes one of your radio partners way back when. And di did you know much before that? I obviously, you know, I knew who Cam was just being a St. Louis Blue, being a hometown boy. You know, you hear about him. You can see his personality in the media when he was a player. But I feel like you can't really explain Cam until you're actually around him, especially on a daily basis. There's really no way to break his personality down. You know, he's fantastic and he's great and he's been a joy to work with. But, you know, there's a lot of structure that we try to play in the show. It usually goes out the window pretty quick. It's kind of just we go with the flow and, you know, we have a fun time. That's awesome. I know, obviously, uh, with Brock Wilson over there and Cam mm -hmm. Jansen and yourself, uh, I think everybody would know that you're the one that tries to keep them all in line. I've experienced it myself. <laughs> I've been on the show a couple of times and – Hannah is definitely the one over there that tries her best to keep it, you know, within the two lanes here uh, because myself and, and Cam especially likes to just fly off and go off and keep going and then you got to try and bring them back in and right. you find yourself babysitting. Yeah, well, you, you're I mean, that sounds familiar. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, I mean, know. I, you know. Yeah, you're recapping a Blues game, and all of a sudden you're into his junior memories from 20 years ago. Like, you have no idea what fight you're talking about. It, it started with the Tarasenko goal, now you're all the way over here. I feel like that's just kind of how radio podcasting world is, though. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we're happy to have you here today, um, and it's under great conditions. You know, unbelievable. Unbe don't say great. Unbelievable. Well, I'm going to go great. Let's say unbelievable. No, unbelievable. no it is because it's unbelievable. No, it is. Well, what's unbelievable is what we brought up the other day. Uh, you didn't listen to the show, Cromer, which I'm, is uh, a sorry. pretty big taboo. You know, busy. You're that guy that if you get healthy scratch, you out, you go home. You don't watch no, your own team play. No, just busy. I mean, I'm working for you here. Anyways, I had a date that we talked about the other day, and I'm going to run oh. it by you. Not a date, like out. I, a date physically, like on the calendar. Right. <laughs> and I was like, you had a date? No. Oh, my he God. His, he took his wife out on the town. Yeah, I took her out once. Um, <laughs> yeah, they got married. So, so well, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good date. Uh, okay, so January 2nd, 
2019. Hannah, what does that date say to you? Um, mm, I don't know. Okay. I, I, should something be coming to mind? Well, probably not right off because I didn't know either right away. Cromer? They haven't lost since then. Well, no, that you're. F I don't know. Jesus <laughs> Christ. What? This is what I deal with, right? <laughs> what? What? I don't know. No. January 2nd, 2019, the St. Louis Blues were in 31st place oh, wow. in the league. Oh, wow. Well, I'm kind of right. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. They've lost since then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So I'll go back and look. Gary and I talked about it the other day, just briefly a little bit, but kind of piggyback on that. You know, that was before the New Jersey game. Yeah. And now they come out and they hammer New Jersey. And we had talked about New Jersey being a trap game, kind of like... Mm -hmm. This is that game where, you know, not much to play for, not really a rival, not really an intense situation. It could be a trap game. But Hannah, what was the final score? 8-3? It was brutal. Talk for to them. Me. What did you see in that game? <laughs> like from the get-go? I, I definitely didn't see any defense or goaltending from New Jersey. I can tell you that much. I You know, it was interesting because that morning, Craig Bruby was talking about how it was probably going to be a competitive game. New Jersey is going to be pretty hungry. They're missing a couple of their key guys, but oh. there's going to be a lot of energy and tenacity in that game. And all of a sudden they come out, and by the second half of that game, I'm just like, can there be anything interesting <laughs> from New Jersey's end whatsoever? You know what I mean? It was just you're sitting there and you're like, well, I'm, I'm getting kind of bored at the it end of the It was kind of like boring, right? But yeah. now you wonder, did Craig Berube, like I do this sometimes, the, the kids I coach youth hockey, I tell them, we're playing a team, they're first place in their league. You know, these yeah. guys are ranked high. And I'm full of crap when I'm doing it, right? <laughs> like they are a good team. I'm not disrespecting, but you pump them up so much mm -hmm. so your team is like, holy shit, we better be ready to go. Do you think Craig Berube was doing a little bit of that? I don't know. I, I don't think there's any way you could predict it was going to be that bad. I honestly don't. I mean, they're sitting down in, what, second or third place last in the league. I mean, it's it's bad. You knew what you were getting into from the get-go. But to not have any defense whatsoever. I mean, it was just like – it looked like Pee Wee League. Like, it was just brutal. It's hard to watch, too. It's painful. I get that. What do they call it? Second-party, third-person embarrassment. Mm -hmm. um, third-person embarrassment. I get that watching <laughs> shitty hockey. I'm like, oh, my God. Especially in the NHL. I look at guys, I'm like, holy shit, he's terrible. And I, I feel really bad for him. I have to turn the channel. I really do. I have I, to flip it. I did feel bad for the goalie by the end of that game. Did you, <sighs> do you ever feel any remorse when you're watching that and you're like, mm, I, I feel kind of bad for you. It's embarrassed, but you're like, I actually feel some remorse Zero. for you sitting there. Well, it's the other team. Zero. No, I feel a little bit of remorse because having been involved with some great goalies, like great guys who are goalies that played with me. But here's a question. It's what? 6-1 at one point. 5-1. It goes to 6-1. Mm-hmm. Why does he not get him out of there? I don't know why they didn't pull him. I was kind of curious. I wanted to ask you guys about that. I, you know, I'm. There's no way that he's mentally focused at that point. There's no way he has an ounce of confidence left. No, and you got Schneider no on the bench. Yeah, he's sitting there like, are you gonna put me in or not? He, he, they, the camera looked at him or panned yeah. in on him mm -hmm. one time, and he was like looking around like, What's probably please don't put me in was <laughs> not his first thought. But you know, Schneider hasn't won a game this this hockey season. Mm -hmm. He's played in I don't know how many, but he hasn't actually won. So, I, in my opinion, I would have said let's get him in there, get a few reps. Like obviously, we're not yeah. supporting here. If he gets a couple of goals, goal scored against, who gives a shit? But he needs some time in the net, mm -hmm. and I can maybe, just maybe, spare my starting goalie's feelings right now. But he left him in there. 
Cromer, why would he leave him in there for I, eight goals? You, I mean, I, I listen. You played in the league. I'm sure you had you had so many highs. There are lows with every team, every player. I mean, is it a message to the team? Like, hey, figure this yeah, out. Yeah, but you don't screw your goalie well, over, I, maybe, especially when you maybe have it was your a other goalie who hasn't won a game yet. Maybe it was a message to him too. Like, hey, get your head out of your ass. To Come the on. goalie? Uh, maybe. Oh my God, I didn't think he was. That's great. a good way to lose a goalie. Well, I don't right. know. I don't think that that's that was. I can't I imagine know. that being the case. Uh, is there any other explanation? I don't know. I, you know. I mean, I've seen it happen before, where coaches do that to certain <sighs> goalies who, you know, maybe think they're better than they are. Maybe they've let in some shitty goals and what, but never in a situation where you're already what third last in right. the league or in the conference, whatever it is, and then. Like, uh, why? Uh, like I said, maybe it could be something we don't know. Maybe a mess. I, there is no other explanation unless maybe Schneider was dealing with something and they didn't even want to expose Yeah, he's day-to-day he day with hurt feelings, too, because yeah, he say, hasn't won a game yeah, this year. we got a lot of hurt feelings around here. You know, um, being a healthy scratch Monday and somebody had obviously wanted to, you know, and, and it was fun. I, I don't know why they didn't think I was having fun with them back, but – about the whole Petro being plus six. And I'm like, yeah, sure, nominate him for the damn Norris Trophy if that's what you want to do. Okay, but, but hang on. I saw that comment. And let's backtrack so Hannah knows, okay? Jim is not a Petro fan, okay? He literally wakes up every day and Petro sucks no matter what. So That's not true. It is true. It's not true, but it's that's true. fine. I just don't think, I mean. Uh, Anyways, so he highlights the other day on this Twitter banter, we'll call it, exchange, that, you know, somebody said something about, the Blues or Petro and Jim fires back. Well, oh yeah, plus six. It's a skewed stat, anyways. Yada yada yada, and kind of goes on. Well, but my question to you about that? Well, read it if you don't. I believe will me. because it, why is it a skewed stat when it's no when it when you're minus five? Why is it a skewed stat when you're minus three? No, but this is my point. You're actually proving my point right. for me. You're because you were like, well, plus six. Oh, it's a that's a whatever kind of stat you want to call it. Right. But if Petro would have been minus six. I guarantee we'd have heard about that. I've never brought that up. Oh, bullshit. I've never brought up plus bullshit. minus. A lot of people bring that up. Please, please, bring, please find a reporting oh, yeah, where I you know I've got it. time to go find it in I don't shows. need. I don't need plus minus to tell me that Petro is what he is. My Two point goals, was, plus six. And I hope he, listen, I, listen, if anybody hopes that he is great the rest of his career as a St. Louis Blue, it's me. I just, I don't see it. The bottom line is. I was having a little fun back with him. The, re- the reality was it sparked a conversation in here to about the Blues and where they're at, and somebody brought up, well, well, New Jersey sucks. And I said, here's the thing. Yes, New Jersey is not good. But the Blues basically take four points in back-to-back with Nashville, which, let's face it, to your point, a month ago, you wouldn't have bet a dollar, much less your home on it, right? Okay? <laughs> yeah. So – not only did they do that, but then they took care of business like they're supposed to. That's when I think you know you're rolling. And, and you know, let's face it. We, we did the whole roller coaster. Oh, We've done shows well, about the hot and cold. We've done, right now they're doing – they're winning games they should win. They're playing the way they should. That first period was – I don't care how bad New Jersey is. That first period was amazing. Yeah, they I, came I, out strong. I, you know, certainly – um, and, and Hannah, yeah, I know you watch all the games and, and you talk about it every day on your show, Cam Jansen show, in case people are just tuning in now. Um, the play right now of O'Reilly, Shen, and Tarasenko. What are your thoughts on that line in the last little while? They've been fantastic. I don't know why it took so long to kind of mesh those players from the get-go. Um, I think it was just 
figuring out if you really wanted to put Shen on the wing or if you wanted to, you know, have some more depth at the center position. Um, but I love them together. I think they're finding that chemistry. And, I mean, really, you say 91. He's actually finding his game. He's actually picking it up. If he was playing the way that he was playing previous oh. games, this line wouldn't be as successful as it was. But he's actually finding ways to play in every aspect of the game. Jamie, I got to ask you, the, the, the shoulder – has come up. Do you think there's like? Do you think like? Do you think it was a health thing? Well, shoulder doesn't affect your legs. Yeah. So I mean, that's always what I say. Like, uh, if you watch Vladdy the way he's skating recently, let's yeah. go back. You know, chunk of fifteen games. Sure. If you watch the way he's been skating, he's skating with that authority out there. Like every stride has power in it. Mm -hmm. Where if you go back to fifteen games prior to that. There, it wasn't. It was like the light strides and coast and stride and coast. So that has nothing to do with the shoulder, in my opinion. And I've had bum shoulders, you know, separation, and never once did I ever not able to skate or walk. Sure. It didn't affect my legs. Right. So to me, it's a mental thing. And that's where I was going with, with Lottie yeah. is for whatever reason, he's decided to flip the switch. And maybe the combination of being with Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, we've talked about it many times. He's kind of been, you know, your workhorse. Whoever's struggling this year, who whoever needs to get going, they've put him with those guys. Shoot, they've put him with a couple of rookies on the wings. They've done everything, and this guy has continued to produce himself and make guys who are on his line better. So, you know, the combination right now of those guys, the work that they put in, and now Vladdy, almost mimicking their work ethic, it's got that line very, very dominant. Yeah, it's the I had tweeted out like the it's awesome when goal scorers score goals, there's nothing better. And like the when you got the and man, what a great camera angle of Vladdy sniping the upper corner on the right side. I mean, there it is. It's sitting there and he doesn't miss. It's almost like you wonder because he was missing those. Mm -hmm. Those were shots well, he over wasn't the net. Even shooting them. Yeah, the I mean that's is it a confidence? I don't. You know what? I don't even care. It could be everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, who just knows? Glad. I'm just glad. I think know? it. I mean, it has to come down to confidence. I mean, name any player. You talk about Jaden Schwartz. All of a sudden, Chris Butler comes and tells me and Cam that Jaden gets a new batch of sticks before that game, and he comes out and plays the way he did. Can a batch of sticks really give you that much confidence? <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's what I asked Cam. I was like, is is this what we need to get the whole team new sticks yeah. at some point then? You know what I mean? But it's, it's just true. so odd how that works. When you're struggling like that, you're looking for anything, right? It's like a struggling team looking for a rally point for the team to rally around. Well, if you're struggling to score goals like Schwartz he has because he's been a good player, he's been effective, that's the problem is that he just hasn't been scoring. And you get a new batch of sticks, maybe mm -hmm. you change the curve, the flex, the length, the color, whatever. Sometimes you think, okay, this could be it. And you go out and it just feels better. Even right. though there could be nothing different with the stick, well, it just feels better. I got a little more torque on the stick, this, that, the other. And he goes out. Now, he didn't score what I would call a highlight reel goal. <laughs> But you know what so I liked weird. about it? It doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just, think, just think for a second here. What I liked about it, and this is what guys go through when they're not scoring goals, is they stop shooting. They look for bigger, better plays because yeah. they're like, well, shit, I'm not scoring, so I'm and not he had shoot. done that at times. He has shied away. Well, this time here, he just takes a shot from the blue line. A lot of guys who are in a slump wouldn't even take that shot. So kudos to Jaden Schwartz for just putting it on net. And have it go, you know, I think it ricocheted like once or twice, mm -hmm. found its way into the net. But 
as to your point, Hannah, two weeks ago, two days ago, or three days ago, that would have hit the post. Oh, yeah. And it went in, though, this time. And that's what it's hot. Can we talk about when the Blues were leading the league with post hit? Oh, I mean, oh, what yeah. was going on with that. those games? They were. That's actually a stat? That actually happened at one point. I can't remember. There was one team, and they were just up and up over each other every single game. They were tied, and then they let it. And then uh, I, can't, I can't put my mind on who the other team was. But I'm just wondering, how does that happen? How do you change that? And now the puck's actually going into the net. But I'm like, does that play into a confidence factor? Does that play into a skill factor? You know, I don't understand. Because like you said, Jaden probably would have made that. Yeah. Well, you know what happens though sometimes, and I will say this, is practice habits. And everybody talks about, oh, practice, you know. But for any little kids listening or any other person who wants to coach hockey, practice habits are the key to success. Because if you go into practice and you're just okay to miss the net, not hit the tape with your pass, to skate half-assed, to not give it everything you've got and to train your brain, I call it, if you do that, then that's the results you're going to get. In a game, your brain doesn't know that it's game time and that you're supposed to hit the net now. It just like goes by default to what you're habitually doing. So if you're just ripping them wide and you don't give a shit, well, that's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. So if you bear down in practice, which uh, all reports coming out from since his appointment as head coach from Craig Berube is that practices have been more focused, more intense, and the expectations have been higher. So is that the key? Has he held these guys more accountable in practice? And now we're just seeing, you know, the results of that. Right. I think I definitely think so. You know, when we were talking to some of the guys about this before the game a couple days ago, and they're saying, you know, I think everyone's just buying into the system. And my thing is people wanted that quick turnaround right away once Craig Berube took over. But as you know, it takes a while to learn a system, to buy into a system. And I think maybe this is just the gradual process of that. Well, we had talked back, you know, going back to the beginning of the month. We had looked ahead at the schedule coming out of the break. We had really kind of pointed out two dates. We had pointed out that we would have a really good feel for probably the direction of the team on February 11th because that was following. Uh, We knew they had Columbus and we knew they had Florida, albeit on the road, but then we knew we had Tampa and then we had the back-to-back with Nashville. I would say – Flying colors. <laughs> no oh, doubt yeah. about well, it. Obviously. Right? Obviously. Now we talked about the second little stint here where we go on the road and we hit Arizona, Colorado, and Minnesota. So we've got another three-game stretch coming up here where, let's face it, we have put ourselves in the thick of it, and now we have to kind of, I, I guess for lack of a better description, keep ourselves there and not fall back. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this is a little trip here. Now, for Jamie, you've played in the league many, many years, many different teams. And when you oh, had ro- to squeeze that in, eh? Many, many, <laughs> many years. different teams. Many different what teams. What's wrong with that? <laughs> what a dick. What's don't wrong be, with that? Don't be fucking passive aggressive with What me. is wrong with that? So, hey, <laughs> is this a good thing maybe to be on the road as a group? Like, you've talked a lot about being together, being on the group, because obviously they've done something here. You, you think it's a good thing they're all together and away from the noise here? Well, I don't necessarily think there's noise here. You know, I think that uh, things have been very good for them everywhere right now Mm -hmm. now i will say that for whatever reason they have that that mentality and we talked about it last show i talked about with gary how it's kind of them you know us against everybody because we were last place great though everybody wrote us off right all this stuff so now when they go on the road and you're winning 
know, this team is a group of guys that want to hang out. They want to be together. So going on the road does nothing but promote that environment. Right. So with these games coming up, I'm going to say it again. The trap game is going to be the Coyotes tonight because you look at Colorado, you look at Minnesota, those are divisional games. They're right there in the standings with you. You sometimes tend to look past that opponent in, in Arizona. And that, to me, is going to be where can Craig Berube pull off another psych them up kind of thing. Right. You know, I look at this past week in the games, and I'm like, you know, that was playoff hockey. That showed that the Blues can hang with those oh. top teams. They can compete at that level and stand their ground and win those games. But they kind of proved that back in the season as well. Let's talk about when they beat the Washington Capitals and then the next game they go and play on the road trip, they lose by five goals. Oh. Or they come back home and they lose by four goals after being a top-ranked team. And so to me, I look at this road trip, and this is more of a test, for my opinion, for this team, because how many times they play better on the road, yes, but can they stand their ground against teams that aren't top-ranked holding that mentality still? It's tough, right? Because yeah. you start looking past them, or you you don't view them as much of an opponent. You just like, I guess the uh, the intensity of a back to back with Nashville and having that run, like at some point here, and we talked about this before off air, is there's going to be a drop in the intensity. How big is that drop, and then how quickly can they spike again? And I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. You cannot keep your foot on the gas for an entire half a season. There's going to be a speed bump here somewhere, but where is that going to be? I worry that it's a damn Arizona game. Well, because they're fighting, you know, they're fighting for their life too. I mean, they're in, the, you know, they're well, everybody in the Western well, yeah. Conference, Colorado. Right yeah, you know, there is no let, I, you know, and then Colorado, Minnesota, we have passed them, so they're going to be like, hey, this is how this is a four point game for us. That, those are must. Th yeah. Those Colorado, Minnesota, and the Blues mm -hmm. are must wins. Oh yeah. Something we were talking about last night, you mentioned that these these teams with the Western Conference, and that's why this is so important to me, playing against some of these teams, is because you have a team like Anaheim, just complete dumpster fire right now. They oh, have a boy. minus 54 goal differential, but they have 53 points. Minnesota is 59. I mean, how does that even happen? That's only a what, six-point difference? It's crazy. With where they're at right now, it's just is, – is that teams that have struggled so much in the West this season, or is that how good that conference actually is? Well, I actually think it's a combination of both, if that's even possible. And hear me out, is that you've got teams like Anaheim who got out of the gate. They were, you know, separated themselves. They were in the playoffs. They, they were in their division in the top three. They went on a 12-game losing streak and a seven-game losing streak. So they went on essentially, you know, 19-game plunge with maybe one or two wins in there, and they're still in contention. So does that tell me that they were so good at the start or that the conference is bad? I'm not sure. But the Blues have won seven in a row and find themselves in the playoffs, and they were 31st in the league just a month and a half ago. Exactly. So I guess I don't have an answer for you. I wish right. I did. But I'm watching a lot of Western Conference teams beating Eastern Conference teams and playing at a very high level. So you wonder, do these Western Conference teams just beat the shit out of each other so bad all the time mm -hmm. that it calibrates itself within the conference? Because I still think that the Western Conference is going to do a number on Eastern Conference teams. Right. Tampa Bay is the only team, I think, that will separate itself. So I don't know. I guess you asked me a question. I didn't really give you an answer, Hannah. No, I mean, it's hard to tell. You watch Anaheim. It's like <laughs> yeah. watching a minor league team. Is it not? 
I mean, well, let's talk about them. Bad. It is bad. Even the leadership. What's going on with there right now? Now, hang on, hang on. In all fairness, in all fairness, they won last night. (laughs) One nothing. Imagine that they did. A team that gives up goals like you hear about. They won one nothing with a rookie goalie in net and their GM, who's never coached a hockey game in his life, behind the bench as the head coach. And that's George Costanza style, the opposite. It's bizarro world, yes, right? Yes. And so uh, Ryan gets left, gets in a fight last night. Uh, Interesting. Ryan Kessler gets in a fight. Hmm. So you talk about leadership. You know, those are two guys that are one wears a C, one wears an A. Uh, what scares me, and I guess my question to you, Hannah, is can they turn it around now? Oh, boy. With this scenario? I don't know. I mean, they're only six points out of the second wild card it's spot. amazing. I mean, it's incredible. I know. You only have to you win, go on a winning streak. You can make it up there. Now, think about it. any combination of, you know, a four-game win streak and somebody else with a four-game losing skid, mm-hmm. you're right there. You're right in the mix again. Oh, yeah. So here, hang on. Before we go any deeper here, I'm going to throw another date at you guys because I am feeling crazy with dates these days. Well, it's Valentine's Day. Well, it yeah, is. I'm not going on a date with you, Jim. <laughs> Get your hand off my leg. So, um, December 10th, 2018. What does that date mean to you, Hannah? I, I you know, I'm, I'm really not good with numbers as it is. I, I don't know. Okay. Jim? Uh, something to do with Jordan Bennington. No. Okay. Not even close. That was the day that Robert Bortuzzo beat the snot out of Zach Sanford in practice. Uh, Do you know what their record is since then? What is it? 18-8-1. Is that the TSN turning point? (laughs) Am I crazy to even talk about this? I would hope not. But am I crazy? You're not crazy. No, I mean, Is this us searching for, like... No, I just, you know what? I mean, I was, it's interesting. That's I was a, screwing yeah. around yesterday, and uh, I reached out to our good buddy, uh, Lou Korak, because I certainly don't have the brain to go find their record since right. then. And you don't have to agree with me on that, Hannah, <laughs> okay? Uh, um, so I said, well, what's the Blues record since that fight? Like, pause, two, three, four, five minutes later, boop, pops up. I'm like, no shit. And even Lou was like, no shit. And wow. so... It's uh, it's incredible, but yeah, let me just make sure here because I don't want to go talking out my butthole. But yeah, eighteen eight and one since December tenth, where we had an altercation in practice that landed Bortuzzo a three year extension. Essentially, that was yeah. Zach <laughs> that Sanford, was a trip to the Zach minors. Sanford, a demotion. Yes. And Not only did he get beat up, he got the demotion to go with it. Yeah, maybe he should have had a better fight. Well, you know. Um, you know <laughs> It's funny that you bring that up, though, because I think we, we can't be the only one sitting around going, now this is the team that we were hoping we were going to have, right? So everybody kind of pointing to some things. I brought up Bennington. I think you well, can't. Well, I think that's obvious. I yeah. was going a little more obscure. No, but, I, but, I, but my thing is, is, you know, I don't know that anybody thought when Jordan Bennington come up that you would look back here this many games later and go, holy cow, same thing with that fight. Yeah, because no. a lot of people didn't like the fight when it well, happened. Well, I'm not, and I'm not saying I did like it. I really don't care about it because it happened so many times when I was playing that it's irrelevant in my opinion. 
So Before we get into Jordan Bennington, I asked Cam this question. He couldn't think of anything, so I'll be interested in what you have to say about <laughs> oh, it. No. Oh, so you, hey, so you better come up so with something, pal. Like, I'm going to make shit up now. There's, there's pressure now added. I asked Cam, is there ever a situation when you were playing, even if it, if it wasn't in the NHL but the AHL or, you know, in juniors, at some point in your hockey career where there was some sort of team altercation like that, like the Sanford Bortuzzo situation, that happened that took place – the steam kind of came out, and it was really actually a turning point. And he said, of course, there's been seasons, almost every team you play on except for a couple of years, there's going to be guys who don't get along in the locker room, but you play through it. You just, you know, when you take it to the ice, it, it's, it's gone. You know, you're playing now. Yep. But I think Cam <clears throat> says, you know, I think it was carrying over to the ice in this situation that had to happen. Has there been a situation similar for you? Yeah, lots. <laughs> I mean, lots of situations now. I can't remember exact guys because it happened a lot where, you know, the, the from the game, there would be banter in the room, not friendly banter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're you know, a losing skid, guys don't agree. Guys are calling each other out. Well, you should have been here. Well, f- you know, screw you. You should have had your guy. You, you know, oh, yeah. You know, and they kind of get out of guys get up and kind of separate them. Well, sure as shit. Like next practice, if you're losing, the coach always throws in these competition drills, which is what sparked this one. And, you know, they get into that heavy contact, battle for the puck. You want to win your battle. You're, let's say I'm going against a guy who I was just MFing the night before. Well, guess what? I'm not losing the battle of this guy. Right. Right? So then it heats up. It automatically, the temperature rises. And then before you know it, because everybody has an ego, well, you can't get tossed around by, you know, player X. So you're like, well, screw you. And you give back. And, well, he's not going to get pushed around by you. So screw you. And boom, the mitts come flying off. And it is a carryover from other events, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, something to do with the game, uh, something to do with practice habits, something to do with shit, who took the last donut. I mean, I don't know. Stupid stuff happens yeah. when things are going bad. So it happened a lot in my career. I've seen guys fist fight in the locker room. I've seen guys fist fight in the intermission in all their hockey gear, rolling around in the middle of the room going really? at it. Yeah, I mean, in every single time that it's happened, as crazy as this sounds, it was in a professional way. <laughs> like, I know we're not representing, you know, Microsoft here with the co- corporate world, but it wasn't personal. It was a situation where neither guy was happy with the other one or one guy wasn't happy with another guy's play. And it was, it just escalated quickly. They got it out of their system. It's like the pressure cooker, right? You just sort of turn it off or let it the steam out. And then it's weird because those guys who you battle with like that, you almost automatically have more respect for them because you're like, holy shit. You know, he was ready to step up yeah, and get after it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And now Chris Chelios was a great, probably the greatest teammate ever, and he would do that. Now, he wasn't a dick. He didn't go out like pick fights, and lock, but he would call guys out. He wanted to see if you had fire. Do you have the fire to throw something back at me here. Do you have the fire to get up in my face and tell me to go screw myself? Do you have that fire? Because sometimes when you look around a room, and we'll let's reference the start of this season, in the Blues locker room, if you look around that room, you could arguably say, oh, that guy doesn't, he's not playing with fire. He's not playing with fire. He's not playing with fire. So somebody needs to get up and call them out and see if they even have that fire in their belly at all. And if they don't, you got to get rid of them. But if they do and they fight back, push back, or go out and show, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a fight. But that guy might go out next period, 
throw a couple of huge hits, crash the net, get in a fight on the ice with somebody else, and then come back to the room and say, see, go screw yourself, Chelly. And guess what? Mission accomplished. Right. Well, so it's weird. It's got this weird, insane little world that we live in, in those four walls of the locker room. It's not corporate America, certainly. And you wouldn't use these tactics in your everyday life, but it works in that environment. Well, you know, is this now the full circle? I mean, I think, you know, we had brought it up earlier. Is, is this the Bruby effect? Well, I think it is to an extent. Like everybody automatically assumes that, oh, Craig Berube wasn't tough guy fought everybody one of the toughest guys and he played forever over a thousand games as a fighter mm-hmm. which is like unheard of but craig doesn't expect guys to do that right all he wants is compete and right. he talks about it all the time he's a man of very few words if you've noticed in his interviews We've right? noticed hannah quickly. i'm sure you've yeah. fallen victim you think that. he's that way in the locker room though or do you think it's are, are guys like that typically different behind closed doors he's maybe? very much the same really very few words very direct no polish not necessary. Doesn't have to be, man. Doesn't have to be, right? Yeah. So he has promoted a better culture, is what he's talked about from the beginning. A compete or a competition competitive, that's the word I'm looking for, by an extra vowel there. Competitive <laughs> environment. And he expects practices to be focused and intense. And if you look at their game, let's take practice out of it. If you look at the Blues game in the last, you know, their games that they've played in the last stretch. They have been competitive. They have been focused. They have been intense. All these things. And the culture has ultimately changed. So, yeah, I would say it's the Craig Berube effect. Hannah? I Yeah, I think that's helpful. I, I noticed when he first took over, that first practice, I mean, every media member's there, right? They want to see the difference. They want to see how morning skate and how practice is being ran. They want to see the differences. Obviously, morning skate is more laxed. But practice, he's banging his stick on the ice. He's yelling, getting them composed, just doing – it was completely different atmosphere than watching a Mike Yo practice. I mean, it's two different coaches. That's not to say Mike Yo is a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that that was what this team needed. They needed to be put in line, and I think they needed that stronger personality, yeah. so to say, that more aggressive tone. Well, look, let me, let me run this by you, is Mike Yo, and we said it in here, and I, I know you guys talked about it on your show – but when you had so many new faces to the team to start the season, and essentially all those new faces with a brand new coaching staff to those guys, not a new coaching staff for us with Mike Yo here and all that, mm-hmm. but it was new to them. When you have that, and then you couple that with comments that Mike Yo made at the start of the season saying, it's going to take us a while to come together. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. You know, Let's not lose focus. It's going to take some time. Obviously, patience ran out with Mike Yo right. in that role, and they relieved him of his duties. And then Craig Berube comes in, and we've seen, you know, that the team has played better. Certainly of late, not right away, but of late they've played really well. Let me ask you this: Is it a combination of it's just going to take longer? Period, and. Are we seeing the results, I guess, let me try and word this right. Are we seeing the results of a group of new guys finally meshing with their teammates and their coaching staff? Or are we seeing the results because there was a coaching change? I think from my point of view, it all comes down to leadership. 
and how that leadership is divided in that locker room, we don't really know. I mean, it could even be coming. You have a captain, you have guys wearing the A, but you also have guys who could be wearing the A that aren't who are leaders in that locker room. And I think Craig Berube taking over, you know, he's not a player's coach, but he leaves his office door open. If you want to come talk, you have the option to, but he's not standing over you, making sure you're okay at every single moment. You know, he's very different from Mike Yo, And you can tell that with the players. Um, I think that it's just kind of a leadership that has trickled down all the way through. And it's just more of an aggressive tone. It's now, it's, it's now or never. You have to turn it around now or you don't have time ever. There's no more time to wait. Okay, so that being said, just before you, I know you got something said. I want to cut you off. No, I want to. I'm just curious about something, but go ahead. Just that being said, so maybe it was a combination of it's going to take time. Um, Mike Yo wasn't the guy ultimately, right? But now maybe that final piece to speeding up that time was Craig Berube coming in and adding that one more element to speed up that 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 process. Right. So maybe it's a combination. I definitely think so because you can only take so much time when you have the roster that you have. You see the lineup of these guys. It shouldn't take so much time. Oh, well, we need more time. We need more time. You have Ryan O'Reilly. You have all of yeah. these guys yeah. in this lineup. It doesn't need to take this much time. Well, you know, I was going to ask you. I don't, we've never really talked about this, and I guess you don't really need to until way down the road and you just see how things play out over time. But did, did you see – not a, not the biggest deal, but did you see anything wrong with the way the whole thing was set up from the beginning with Coach O? That whole coach and waiting thing with Hitchcock, that just seems so weird to me. Now, oh, I know, yeah. like, like when you talk to people, it's like, okay, well, then Hitch winds up going, Yo came in, and actually they did fine, like they had a surge. Right. But then it's like, I think a lot of times you get a surge. from. So it's like, was it him? Was it the yeah. surge? I just, that whole thing from the get-go, I remember like, all of us kind of behind the scenes. Like we didn't want to talk about it, but it was like, and it, that that whole sh- coach and waiting over your shoulder thing, and maybe it just was never a thing from the beginning. I it, don't know. In my experience, it really doesn't work. Um, you know, we saw that same thing with John Stevens out in L.A. He was the coach and waiting behind Sutter. Right. And how long did Stevens last? The almost identical amount of time as Mike mm-hmm. Yo behind the bench. And – it's not that Mike Yo is not a good coach or not qualified. It's not the issue. What I don't like about it is, you know, it was Hitch's team, mm-hmm. and Mike Yo was an assistant coach, coach in waiting, whatever you want to call it, and still Hitch's team after Mike takes over. Hitch gets fired. It's still essentially the guys that Hitch put together. So Mike Yo coaches half a season with Hitch's team, comes back last year, and get or yeah, last year and gets a little bit of his own stamp on the team, but certainly not all the guys he wanted. And again, moving parts behind the bench after Hitch leaves, and Mike Yo has to bring in some staff, and some staff is brought in for him. Some selection is not done by him. He goes the season doesn't end up the way we want it. Fast forward again this year. Now, yes, you have Mike Yo's team. We'll say, but there's a lot of new faces. I guess my point is, did Mike Yo ever really have a steady foundation to operate from, or was it just chaotic because of the coach and waiting thing? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if there was actually ever a sturdy foundation. And my other question is, how you know how close can a player actually be 
to the coach? How how close of a relationship can there actually be? Well, that's because, interesting. Yeah, because that's the rumor that I heard. There's obviously rumors floating around all over of what was going wrong internally, why players weren't responding, why they weren't meshing. And, you know, some of it is, well, Coach Yo, I thought I was your guy. Why am I not on the first power play unit? Why well, am I not here? You know? Yeah. And see, the it thing, can be confusing. Well, right. because think about it. It's unrealistic to think that if you're a coach in waiting, so then you're assistant coach, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how good the coach is, good or bad, before you take over. There's, It's just human nature. There's no way you feel like you agree with everything the coach was doing. You just don't. It would, well, you like you, you wouldn't make an issue of it, right? But I doubt very much you're sitting there agreeing 100% with every every movie makes, every mm-hmm. line, every in and out of the lineup, every practice. It, it just doesn't make any sense. So it would also be odd to think that at some time that didn't show. So then when you take over, you probably got some players going, well, I don't know where I stand. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just, from the beginning, I just didn't like it. I mean, plus, why, I, I never understood why the Blues put themselves in that position to not have options. I think, I don't know the, the whole story, but I think Hitch had hinted at retiring. Um, and obviously, once they came back after their summer break and you know Army came back with them, we're going to give them one more year but then also hired Mike Yo as the coach in waiting. I think Doug Armstrong identified Mike Yo as a strong coaching candidate that may not be there if they waited a year. Right. So technically, he went out and signed a free agent before anybody else could, yeah. trying to guarantee that he had his <sighs> next coach. And for whatever reason, it didn't really work out. And like to your point where coaches have their guys and whatnot, coaches do get themselves in hot water sometimes by by having by being that guy who tells every player you're my guy and then what do you do because you can only put five guys on the ice at a time mm-hmm. you can't put six or seven well, I mean, unless you pull the goalie but <laughs> i think everybody understands my point here sure and there's only one puck on the ice right and so mm-hmm. if you have seven guys who think you're the go-to guy well you can't be seven guys there's only five guys or three guys and it can get confusing. And then, guys, let's be honest, players get their feelings hurt. They mm-hmm. get pouty. They're not on the first power play. They don't play with the line mates they want. They're pissy. They're moaning. It's just it happens. It's human nature. So, yeah, that could have happened. Um, I want to Inside ask. scoop there from Hannah. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that is good stuff. Um, here we can find out. Hannah, are you aware of our – newest contest involving our good friends at Adam's Smokehouse. Are you aware I of this? I am not aware oh, of this. Oh, my Lanta. Well, we what gotta, is it? Well, we have to tell you all about it. Our good friends at Adam's Smokehouse, located on Watson Road, uh, they have, in our opinion, the best barbecue. Now, we know there's good barbecue in St. Louis, right? A lot of people. Nobody better than Adam's Smokehouse. We do a show. I'm, you're probably familiar with this. We do a show every year from Mineral Arena, which is the ultimate man cave. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some ladies out there who would say, hey, I like it too, but um, yeah, it we're, it's, we're in a new world. It's yes. going to have to be called a people cave. A fan, just a fan <laughs> cave. How about a fan cave? There we it's go. It's just okay. a fan cave. But we do a show each year from there, and Adam Smokehouse brings us the Minner Arena segment <laughs> from our friend Dennis Minner each week. So this year we added a new twist to this saying twist, uh, as Jamie brought Mr. Twist last year, and it was our probably our most popular show. And I'm sure a lot of fans are hoping you'll drag him along again. I know you like to call him the knuckle dragger. but We'll see if we can let him out of the cage. Yeah, but you've always got something up your sleeve. But this year, we're going to involve some fans in this. Okay. So Adam Smokehouse is going to provide uh, you know, the food, which, you know, ribs, 
pork. What did you have the other day? Brisket, amazing. How yeah, was that? Too, I buddy? took like three pounds of it home. Too. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I ate it for three days. Let me tell you I'm something. You. <laughs> I, I, no shame. I'd love me. to talk to some of your former teammates, too. You take the guy to lunch and you buy him lunch, and not only does he order food, he orders to go. To I mean, go it's something well. else. Well, I, look, let's just he be... saw me whip my card out, and he said, I'm going to get to go, too. I didn't care. I brought money. I know. I'm when, just I don't get to that area of town uh, very often, so when I was there, I'm like, I, I'm not missing out. Well, it, well, that was the first time I'd had brisket, too, and it was you were right. It was unbelievable. That so, shit's good. Well, they're going to have barbecue. I know uh, Dennis usually has, a lot of times our friends at Urban Chestnut provide us some, some beverages. Mm-hmm. We do our show from there, but this year we're going to invite four fans to bring a guest, join us, be able to meet Jamie, Kimby, uh, their guests, uh, hop on the show for a minute, ask a question. We're going to film it this year. We're going to do a lot of different things, but we're going to get them involved in the show this year. And there's only, it's very easy to do if you want to qualify. Would you like to qualify? I would love to. Okay, so all you have to do is follow us on Instagram. Okay, you just go at Blues NHL Podcast on Instagram. Very simple. All right. Okay, so that's step one. And then you just got to go to Adam's, order some food, and snap a selfie and send it to us on Instagram. That's all you got to do. That's super So you get to go eat some easy, you get to go eat some great barbecue. Okay, you get to be eligible for our contest. And I'm telling you, you wouldn't win. We've already got people doing it. Well, yeah. I got a question about yes. this because I okay. got asked this question the other day by okay. somebody who uh, wants to win the contest. Okay, well, go ahead. They they said, well, do we DM it to you only or can we tag your podcast and post the picture of us at Adam Smokehouse as well as DM it to you? Either way. Because they yeah. want – is that they felt like if they only DM it that – Myself and Kimby and everybody else wouldn't know yeah. if they're showing up, if they're right. red. You yeah, know. post it. Tag us. That's tag fine, us. too. So, we have wonderful interns right. here that are working for a great wage that would love to track that. So uh, it's real simple. And, again, we love our friends at Adam Smokehouse. Dennis does a great job. I'm very passionate fan. Uh, you know, I, again, I, we don't always agree, but we, we all well, agree that he's passionate. He doesn't I agree, agree that I'm always right. He doesn't agree with us. So uh, we love to hear it. Let's take Based a, on that, what's tell on. everybody your Instagram. Yes. At Hannah Ray Yates. There we go. That's spelling. It. Give us all the spelling. H-A-N-N-A. No H on the end. That throws people off sometimes. It does. R-A-E-Y-A-T-E-S. See, that's why I brought it up. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, that's our contest. Um, if you have any questions, you can you can contact us through any of our social media outlets, and I'll be happy to help you. Uh, we are going to hear from Dennis here real quick. And when we come back, I have a question for Jamie about what might be some hurt feelings with a player, and our fans want to know the answer, so they want to hear it from Jamie. Let's hear from Dennis Minner. Hey, thanks, guys. This is Dennis Minner coming at you live from Minner Arena. Make sure and go check us out on Twitter, at Minner Arena. Hey, and we are proud to let you know that we are brought to you by the one and only Adam Smokehouse. And you know what? I was just there on Tuesday afternoon having lunch, eating the amazing, delicious pulled pork sandwich, and the best pasta salad you will ever eat. You know, I was talking to Mike, the owner, and he wants to let everyone know that if you bring in your ticket stub or proof you know, on your phone uh, that you're at a Blues game, even a Billikens game or a Cardinals game, the next day, win or lose, you get 10% off your food at Adam's Smokehouse. Go check them out. You will not be sorry. Hey, Last week, I said I was holding on to my heart and not even thinking that a week later it would be Valentine's Day, uh, but I said it was going to depend on the weekend uh, if I let my heart go or not. I've got to tell you, St. Louis Blues 
Um, I, I'm eating all the crow I can from all the horrible things I have said about this team on the ice because an official, my heart is given over to the blues today. Uh, you are my Valentine because what in the world is going on? So since the last podcast, we played Tampa, the best team in hockey, uh, and, 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 and beat them. I, I mean, um, we, we were good from start to finish. Then I'm thinking, okay, this is going to end. We play the Preds at home, and what do we do? We beat them. The next night, uh, or I'm sorry, the next morning, 1130, we go to Nashville, we play again, and we beat them. And, man, most of you all know what happened uh, against the Devils. Holy crap, we beat the living snot out of those guys. Uh, everyone on the team was scoring. Uh, everyone on the team was just playing amazing, amazing hockey. Uh, and, and we won eight to three. Here's what's mind boggling is if you look back just a few months ago, our gold differential in the standings, I believe was around a minus 30, uh, in about a month and a half, we have completely, completely changed that. We're now sitting at a plus one. Uh, in the gold differential. And I think that's always a cool stat to look at uh, because it shows you more of a trend and direction a team is going. But here we are right now. I can't even believe I'm saying this. We are the top wild card spot. Um, and we are two points away from Dallas with a game in hand. And here's what's even crazier. Guys, we're only 10 points behind Nashville. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, 10 points, but we have four games in hand against Nashville. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, all I know is this team is insane. It's on fire. So, hey, follow me at Minter Arena, and you'll see some of these fun polls that we do. Uh, but I did a poll uh, this week, and one of the polls was, what fan base do you dislike more? Uh, we had uh, right at 500 voters, and it was Blackhawks versus Predators. And there was no question who we as a fan base hate now more. Uh, 39% voted for Blackhawks, and 61% of you said that you cannot stand the Predators fan base. And here's why. It was tweets like this that I got tweeted at. Enjoy another season of being cupless, you bluesers. We only lost because the refs cheated. Hey, Predators fans, if you're listening, you don't have a cup, all right? Neither do we, but you cannot make cup jokes when you yourself do not have a cup. It drives me absolutely nuts dealing uh, with the fan, uh, the fan base uh, of the Predators. Here's the thing that's different about a bandwagon Blackhawks fan, at least they have a bandwagon for a reason, and it's because they've won a million cups in the last handful of years, all right? So then we, we, we reworded it and ran it again and said, which team do you currently hate the most? And it was, again, this great exact same percent. 39% Blackhawks, 61% Predators. No question right now, uh, the Blues, um, as a whole, the fan base, at least follow my Twitter, uh, definitely dislike the Predators and their fans more than the Blackhawks. 
Who would have ever, ever, ever thought that would happen? I don't know. But, hey, like I said, um, uh, you know, it, it's funny because I've got uh, Blackhawks followers uh, at Chai Sports fan. Uh, he follows it, and we talk all the time. Um, and deep down, a lot of these Blackhawks fans, since they were, you know, they had been doing bad, um, they're kind of pulling for us to do something, especially over the Predators. So we'll keep that between us. But, hey, want to let you all know something that, possibly will be on TV tonight. You can go to my Twitter and check it out. Uh, but Zach Choate uh, came by from Fox 2 uh, yesterday and uh, was here for about an hour and a half interviewing and filming a lot in Mineral Arena. Uh, so that's going to be airing on Fox 2 uh, here in St. Louis. Uh, we hope that comes out today. Um, but I will let everyone know on Twitter um, about the time the podcast comes out, and uh, we'll let everybody know. So, again, have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Give your heart unconditionally over to the Blues. I am excited. Um, this is uh, the, the most hyped podcast segment that I've done in a while because, oh, my gosh, I love the St. Louis Blues. I love hockey. They are doing amazing um, but hey, go check Adam's Smokehouse. Don't forget, after a Blues game, you can go the very next day and get 10% off if you show them you were at the game the night before. So guys, until next week, let's go Blues! Great stuff as always from Dennis, and of course our live from Mineral Arena a segment live from Mineral segment is always brought to us by our good friends at Adam Smokehouse. <laughs> One last time, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, open till seven. Try the ribs, try the brisket on Jamie's authority, and of course uh, the 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 pulled rib sandwich is unbelievable. See, I'm getting all discombobulated. This I'm is hungry. brutal. I want to go eat now. I know. Well, check them out. Tremendous on Watson Road. Get yourself in. Get registered for the contest. Starting next week, we will have those opportunities for you to receive more entries by sharing some stuff for us on social media and hopping in the contest that way. Okay. Yes. Um, speaking of Petro. Okay. Yes. And I then and I. People are, are, that think I don't like it. I actually don't have a problem with this, but we got some Blues fans upset. Uh, okay, talk so, to me. So he comes out. He has a good game yep. against New Jersey. Um, fans are noticing that he may be a little upset with them. He went off the ice. There's kids wanting high fives. He's, he disregards them. He barely skates on the – do you see anything wrong with that? No. God, no. I mean, uh, I know Petro quite well, and there's no animosity there. You know, some guys, like, you got to remember – He's what? How many years into the league now? And sometimes you just that stuff. It, it just you forget about it, and it's not like you should. It just it just escapes your mind in the moment. He could be thinking about something else. Somebody down the the hallway could be saying, "You got another interview to do." Grabbing a guy over here, doing this, doing that. Got to hurry up to get to the room to do the you know the Bobby Plager gloves. Sure, like, and he's the of, captain. He does it right. He does all that stuff. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that Petro does, and he's always been very accommodating. Shit, he, he always signs stuff. He's come out to our Blues Youth Hockey Camps uh, that we run in the summertime and skated on the ice with the kids and signed stuff and taking pictures. So uh, that is not the issue. So anybody at home who's reading into it that way, that's just because you want to read into it that way. So go find a better pastime. Is it realistic, though, to not think that you guys as players don't hear your name in the media mentioned? Uh, does it? I mean, I'm listen, Play you guys better. are men. I mean, Play better. Have you ever been upset over a report about you? Trade rumor? Uh, no. Calling you out? No. You know what I've been upset about? I played shitty. That's why it got reported. But is it realistic for every player to feel like you? No, but they should. They want to be good. 
He's right again. <laughs> right again. Um, no, but realistically, it comes down to that. If you don't like what's being written about you, play better. Do something different. Change it. Change the narrative with the way you play. That's it. That's all I got. Man, you, you didn't even leave open. I, I, I want to have follow-up questions, but no. I don't know that you followed <laughs> up any other way. I mean, yeah, you can I'm follow like, up all you want, but at the end of the day, this is a results-driven business, just like any athlete who plays out there. If you play like shit, everybody sees it. Everybody will write about it. Everybody will talk about it. If you don't play like shit, everybody will talk about it that way. They'll say how good you are. The, it, it changes the narrative. The way you play changes everything. Okay. All right. I mean, I look at it as it's a media person's job to tell a story. You know, they're telling a narrative. Sometimes narratives can be inaccurate a little bit. Um, I think things can be skewed to someone's opinion, but they're trying to appeal to a reader then. And, you know, for my opinion, a, a player point. can't really take that to heart. You know, you don't get on Twitter then if you don't want to see fans bashing you. Totally. Don't do that. You know, I mean, that's your own mindset if you can't handle that. I mean, that comes with the job. I mean, it should just be a description of the job duties. You're going to be talked about. You put yourself on a platform. You have to expect that to come with it. I agree. And to change that, because you're right, sometimes just per, per, uh, personal, personal opinion. You spit it out. Hairball. <laughs> um, so, yes, even if you played a good game, somebody might write, yeah, but. Like Jim Cromer might mm -hmm. say, yeah, but. <laughs> okay. I have said, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Right? But if you play good consistently, the yeah, but guy gets drowned out because now he's lost his credibility. Right. So once again, the simple answer to it all is play better. Well, and he wasn't, listen, he, I, I if uh, you say no, uh, I wouldn't have been like Ben out of shape. Like if you would have been like, yeah, heck yeah, he's human being. He hears stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy either. But but I got to play better. I get all that. Yeah, I would think it only stands a reason that as a human, maybe sometimes you do get a little chafe, a little case of the ass. Well, and that's you fine, do, but, but it's. You know, but it wasn't just him. I mean, let's face it. He, as much as I, I didn't, he's not my favorite player. He wasn't the the issue. I mean, there was all there were a lot of my issues. My God, if that's the case, then yeah. Jay Bowmeister should right. have put himself in the right. witness relocation <laughs> oh, program, Lord. right? Yeah. That was tough. Holy that was crap! Tough. I think if anything, I look at that and I'd see maybe a player getting angry with a newspaper, a sure. beat writer, or a beat reporter, or someone who they're like, "Hey, you knew like." You know, I give you this inside scoop. We have this relationship as coworkers who I see you every day. That was pretty unfortunate that you wrote that, but it's also your job. If it's skewed out of proportion, then I could see some anger. But when a player's walking past kids, even fans, you know those kids aren't on Twitter being the ones. You no, know, they're not You're not going to take it out I on I mean, them. unless the kid's saying, you suck, right. then I probably wouldn't sign right. his shirt. In fact, I might sign his forehead at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was – and like I said, I – Regardless of how I feel, I'm, I just think it happens sometimes. These guys, folks, there's a million different things going on, and yeah, I honestly it. don't. I wouldn't read into that at well, all. Well, good. Um, well, hey, great stuff today, man. Yeah, well, a good I'm show. not done. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, wait, there's more. All right, <laughs> I wanted a trade deadline. What the hell's wrong oh. with you? We have to start talking about this shit, Cromer. All right, we can do that. So, as it sits today, Blues are seven game win streak. We'll see where they are after this little road trip they have. Mm -hmm. Interesting piece of information that we're getting from our beat reporters and people who are in the rooms and around the rinks here in St. Louis is that a lot of the players believe that nothing should be done, mm -hmm. that it could ruin the chemistry as they move forward. Having played 
on many teams, according to Cromer. Um, <laughs> when I was in Ottawa, we had we were first place. We won first place in the Eastern Conference heading into the playoffs. We made a number of deadline deals to try and make a run for the cup that year. It never meshed properly. And we ended up getting eliminated in the first round by the Toronto Maple Leafs that year. And ever since that point, I've always said, sometimes you just need to leave things alone. Are we at that point right now with the Blues? If not... What what do you think we're looking to do? I, don't, I mean, what's the first aspect that you would go for? You know, Alex Petrangelo was asked about this at practice yesterday, and he said, I'm not concerned about it. You know, I'm not concerned with my position. I'm not concerned with what's going on. We're just trying to win games at this point. I think that's their mentality, which it pretty much has to be, because if you're sitting there worrying, that's going to affect everything. I think this team knows that they're playing well, and that's their focus is just to keep winning games and that maybe it'll be, all be okay then. But you can't really look at a month ago and, and compare it to now and, and previous games before that and say, okay, is this team actually for real? Is this what we're going to see for now? You, there's still questions there, and I think there probably are areas that have to be cleaned up. But right now when they're winning, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what to do. But is your memory so short right. that you forget like some of the struggles you went through? Right. And if you, if you look past this fluffy little patch of roses that we're in right now, and you look into the weed garden we had before, mm-hmm. what sticks out? Like, do you make a move based on what you went through? Or do you make a move now based on where you are? I think that's, I mean, that's a hard decision. That's, that's hard, right? Decision. Like, yeah. It's crazy. If I you guess had it to depends pick on one area to improve where you would make a trade, where would it be? Uh, honestly, right now, goaltending. Right. I mean, I love Jordan Bennington, and he's put together a great run here. What, 10-1-1 one, one or something like yeah. that? Uh, but we're essentially now hanging our hopes on a guy who's played 12 games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Man, you're uh, going to get roasted for saying that. No, I'm not. It's a fact. Uh, Fans know, love him, and they rightfully so should. Like, look at the Hamburglar in Ottawa there a couple of years ago. What was his name? Hammond? Yes. He, he, went, he went on well, a terror. Well, you love that nickname, exactly too, by the way. About. You love that. It's amazing. Yeah. But then he got into the playoffs, and he was average, right? And they didn't go anywhere. And he actually never really was an NHL goalie after that. He was buried in the minors after, and he had a 20-game run, basically, is what he had. So I'm – apprehensive to go and put a Hall of Fame tag on Jordan Bennington. Now, that being said, I personally don't believe that Jake Allen anymore is the guy that can get us there. But where do we find another goalie? Seriously, who's out there? Like everybody That's always, the hardest uh, part with the uh, NHL is the players' pickings are so slim. Well, with all the things now, salary cap, term, yeah. no trade clauses, all the BS that goes along with it, and now you have expansion drafts that are always lurking. Everybody t- always says to me, Bobrovsky, go get Bobrovsky. Okay, but Columbus is not going to give him up for nothing right? because he is by far – the most attractive free agent goalie that will be available. He'll be the most attractive free agent player up there with Panarin. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to give up something substantial I for this guy. That. But then you got to resign him. Yeah. So do you <laughs> mortgage your future or your prospects or players that you have for uh, 
a hope that I, he signs. You couldn't, even it, really sign, you couldn't even really do that because of the salary. I mean, well, no, you'd have to get rid of players. Right, right. that's my point. I yeah. mean, now you're talking about an even bigger deal. I know. Rather than just, yeah. At, so. this, at this point, you know, a month ago, a couple months ago, people say, give away Alex Petrangelo. Give away Vladimir Tarasenko. Trade I was him. guilty of that. Yeah. I said trade him. People, people wanted you to didn't trade want to give him. him away, though. Package no, him. I said we could get a good package. Yeah. Pack. yeah, package him and get a solid goalie. You clear some cap space. You know, you you clear some of that room. You get a goaltender. But really, I mean, is that really what you need to do at this point when you're looking at the team and how these top players, these veteran players, are finally showing up? Yeah. Is that really what you want to do at this point? No. And now I'm absolutely going to contradict myself here. <laughs> Because I've got several voices in my head. <laughs> I've heard them all. One of them doesn't agree with the other one. And the, the one that's speaking to me right now is if we're going to go out and make a trade of any kind and try to bring back a Jake Allen-like goalie, because that's really all that's going to be attainable out there. Right. Like if you bring in Brian Elliott after, you know, or somebody. Like it's just mm-hmm. literally going to be a guy that's of the same caliber. Right. Then why not just keep Jake? Yeah, I mean it's a valid point. I'm I mean, looking. Well, it, are we just trading to trade, well, or well, that would be would that not be the, the, the okay? We're gonna do this for now, but also for later. I mean, is, no, like, but you're I think, not gonna find a for later goalie that you're gonna get for a reasonable price. The, no, 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 that's not my point. I'm talking about the whole addition by subtraction thing. You've rid yourself of that contract, and now in the off season you can address that situation. But there'll and be you, teams that are looking for goalies in the off season, right? Like in New York, the Islanders, I think Grice and Laner are both coming up. Again, and they're both having great years. Right. They're not going to keep both guys. Right. So come draft day, you can maybe have a Jake Allen. You make a call over to the Islanders table and say, hey, you know, we'd like to trade for the rights of Robin Lehner, and we'll trade you Jake Allen. Islanders why go, couldn't you just do that now? Well, you could, but the Islanders are probably going to want to keep Lehner and Grice because they're both playing lights out. Right. Okay. Well, and they're in first place. So right. you're not going to fuck with a winning combination. That's true. But before the draft, when you know you can't sign them both, you would. And then you say, okay, I got Jake coming in at $4 million, four, three, whatever it mm-hmm. is. I It's a set value. I Now I have this much money to give Thomas Grice, and in exchange, the Blues get Robin Lehner, this is all hypothetical, by the way, and now they can sign Robin Lehner to a three or four million dollar deal because he's on a one million dollar deal right now. Right. So he's not going to get a five, six, seven million dollar pay raise on this. No matter how good he's playing, he's going to be in the three to four right million dollar range. Like I think that's a good plan personally. I, I do too, and I think people need to look at the situation and. I, I got hated on this the other day for saying this. I don't see Jordan Bennington as a full-time starting goalie for the St. Louis Blues team. Oh! I see him as starting goal at this time and, and for the rest of the season, sure, especially if he keeps this momentum up. But I was looking back at stats. He was the third Blues goalie in history to win eight of his ten first starts. Guess who the other was? Well, I think – Jake Allen. No way. Jake Allen was the other, the most recent goalie to do that. There's only three in Blues history, and Jake <sighs> Allen was the other. So you look at these numbers, and my question is, is Jordan Bennington really the real deal for a long-term run after this season, given that he's been in the Blues system? He's been in the minor league system overall for, what, six and a half years now? It's been, and so, yeah. So why is it taking this time? And they say, well, it just takes one thing to snap for him to turn his career around. But is that really going to be consistent long-term? I don't know. I agree, and I think part of his development, Bennington, will be to stay in the NHL, not be a number one, 
and continue to get 20, right. 30 he's starts talented a year. And he's proven he deserves the ice time. He deserves to start yeah. net right now. I think when you're just looking at long term, you don't want to mess up that goaltending situation for seasons to come. I agree. That's a very good point. Well, so what? Now are you done? You're itching to go. What do you got to? Uh, no, I just got to stand up. My back was hurt. Oh, he's how he does this shit. He stands <laughs> up and you um, know, he makes me feel bad. Why do I make you feel bad? Oh, just because you're always You negative. don't feel bad about anything. Let's be realistic. I do. I feel bad I got pulled over. Man, you had a, you had, I thought we weren't going to discuss that. I know. That. We're not. We're not. <laughs> Man, I, look, see, he is organized. He, he fibs. He's got his, his well, sheet. Well, I got a little cheat sheet. He has a yeah. little cheat sheet. I'm here. only human. When I have that many voices going on in my head, I have to dial it in a little bit. <laughs> the fans have heard them all, too, at one time or another. Oh, poor fans. They love you, though. Well, I they don't do. know about that. I think it's a love-hate. Well, Hannah, thanks for coming by today. Thanks yes, for having good me. Stuff. Enjoyed you so it. Much. You enjoyed it. Come over anytime. Yeah. I mean, this is good stuff. It was That's awesome. Excellent. It was nice to have some real hockey knowledge. I usually get stuck in here with Cromer and yeah. Kimball. And <laughs> it's a rough Holy one. crap. That's a tough one. <laughs> Missing Kimby for sure. Yes. Um, you know, you guys, uh, people like your banter, though, on Twitter. When you guys get going at one another, <laughs> it's good stuff. Oh, Buffalo head. You can't beat oh, conversation between Buffalo former head. players. No, just, it can't. is what it is. You can't even compare either. It's just not. <laughs> but great stuff. But thank you, seriously, for joining us. And um, we hope people tune in and, and hear you with Cam. And you guys do a great job together. And, yeah. Thanks. I'm you know, sure we'll be having Jamie on again I was going to say. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're like, it won't be long before. You're like Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin with uh, <laughs> yeah. Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it'll I be know. you and some other people to, to see. But, no, great stuff. You guys are awesome. Jamie, thank you. Always SynergyHockeySkills.com. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the mid-state stuff's going hot and heavy right now. It's the crazy. Missouri Valley over here. So those seasons will be ending soon. You'll have some, uh, some spring and summer stuff coming up. That's when your guys really do get better. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a bunch of uh, spring programming coming up where we have the small group on-ice sessions. And then the big one for us is summer camps. We've got 10 straight weeks of summer camps, uh, in eight different locations in and around the St. Louis area. Get on the website, SynergyHockeySkills.com. Click on Summer Camps. Find the rink that's most desirable for you and the date that works. And sign up now because things are going fast. Spots are being sold. Well, that's uh, amateur hockey in St. Louis. Has It's really, I mean, it's, it, it's grown and grown and grown, but it's really turned the corner from getting noticed, uh, you know, on a national level. You've had so much to do with that. Great families in the communities like our friends, the Nelson family, NelsonLandServices.com the five-star locally rated landscaping company that reasonable prices. And, you know, there is, it's families like that that are dedicated both to the growth of hockey, the, the, the energy, and then just all around, let's face it, you need good people involved in this stuff. And they're a tremendous family. They support our show. They support you guys. Um, they deserve an opportunity for your business. One more time. That's NelsonLandServices.com. Uh, you heard me mention Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com earlier. We hope you guys would give him an opportunity for your business. Uh, whether it's residential, commercial, industrial, doesn't matter. Randy's got you covered. Uh, best thing you'll you'll realize with Randy is if he looks you in the eye and shakes your hand, it's going to get done. Construction, heating, and cooling, and electric, he's got you covered. That's InnovativeCompanies.com. For all of our fans out there, please check us out. BluesNHLPodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show there. You can listen to the show there. But like I mentioned earlier, subscribing is the most important thing. Find us on uh, Twitter. We are at STL Blues Podcast. If you follow us and you're a Blues fan, we're going to follow you back because we're interested in what you have to say. Facebook, uh, always a big push for us. Type in Blues NHL Podcast. Once you've liked our page, please click invite your friends. When you see our post, please share it, comment on it, and uh, like it. That helps us uh, get recognized with their new algorithm, of course. And, uh, of course, the contest. Instagram, 
Are you going to uh, Hannah? Go. You going to go have some barbecue uh, yeah. and get registered? I got to take that selfie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tag you guys in it. Not you know I, the girls all make sure the barbecue's not on their face. The guys aren't going to give a shit. I would love a picture of a girl like yeah. with barbecue yeah. sauce in her eyebrows, yeah, like just great. like oh my god. Follow us on Instagram, Blues NHL Podcast at Blues NHL Podcast. Uh, take your picture, send it to us. Uh, we'd love it if you tag us and send it that way. That'd be fine with us. But uh, those are the two things you have to do to be qualified. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Get your picture. Great stuff happening there, as always. Uh, for my co-host, Jamie Rivers, Darren Kimball, who's uh, working his real job today, and, of course, Hannah, thank you for joining us. Let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.